SMQBs, episode seven. We got a fun one for you here talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend, touching on uh, the All-Star Games and all the other major sports and if they're worth your time and some great memories from those All-Star Games. Of course, we're going to move into the punchable face of the week this week with a special emphasis on the Washington District of Champions. And then we have a new segment for you named after the great Ted Lasso, a speed round at the end. Uh, and just overall good time. So thanks for checking us out. Let us know how we're doing. Have fun. SMQB's episode seven, the Eagles franchise is still in disarray. The all-star game drives Brian Pope absolutely bananas. Anybody who plays hockey wants Tom Wilson on their team. And did I mention that the Eagles are still a total mess? This is so gratuitous. How? Well, you show up with a background like that, man, and and you just walked right into it. (laughs) I can't wait for our audience to see two princes behind me, Prince Carson and Prince Harry, separated at birth. Are we yeah, going to start off with the Megan and Harry interview? Because I'm prepared to talk about <laughs> I mean, that. Why, why wouldn't we? <laughs> Great thing I've is got, you know more about the Megan and Harry story than the NBA. I've, I've yeah. got two pages of notes. Yeah, I just want to know who you were texting with during the interview last night. Hey, uh, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say to protect their identities, but you would be shocked. You have a, <laughs> you have a Bravo text chain, Milk? It was actually with all y'all's wives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. Uh, so, Pope, you uh, were fairly, I don't know, opinionated about the All-Star game last night. I'm sure. Why don't you lead us Yeah, I mean, today? look, uh, our viewers could see my background. It is uh, the 1984 All-Star game, and it's uh, Isaiah Tam- Thomas trying to pass into uh, someone. It's kind of hard to tell from the picture. But the, uh, the key is that they actually show a team playing defense, something that is not only missing but hasn't been seen in years with the All-Star game. Now, I don't have a problem with the concept of the NBA All-Star game. I'll just say that right now. I, I mean, think it seemed it, like you did last night. Well, look, I, and maybe upon further reflection, my the Grinch's heart softened a little bit. But what was the there's been score? some waffling going on as he's read it other was, comments. Look, it was it was 170 to 150, okay. but that had nothing to do with the actual score since 24 points were added uh, at the end of the third quarter for the Kobe score. But that aside, look, the greatest thing about the All-Star game this year, and I love it they start th- doing that every year, is a $3 million contribution to the historically black college and university. The uh, uh, entire All-Star game, you know, set up the, the court. Everything was geared towards that. Um, the real winners here, and we'll talk about winners in a minute, but the real winners here were the third, Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Team LeBron won $1.25 million. And the United Negro College Fund, Team KD, won $500,000. And you think about it, so the last shot that Dame hit from nearly half court to uh, cement the game, that was a $300,000 money ball going to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. 
So I think NBA, you know, kudos to them for taking a difficult situation, putting on an all-star game, but good, good God, it is not a game. It's a glorified four quarter, three point shooting contest exhibition. Great to see all the guys on the court. Great to see the camaraderie. Let's just call it what it is. An exhibition, not a game, not a game, not a game. Hey, speaking of uh, the HBCU angle, does anybody know who the last HBCU All-Star was? Good trivia question. I do That's not. That's a good question, yeah. I'll give you a hint. Let's ask our viewers. Richmond, oh, you, put your, you put yourself on mute. He's from Richmond, Virginia? Yep. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Played at Virginia Union, and it's not Charles Oakley. Oh yes, this was on last night. Um, it is. Uh, oh, who was that? Who was it? Ben who Wallace. Was? Ben Wallace. They showed that last oh, night. Yeah. Piston. Yeah. Yeah. My team, the Knicks, has a big, huge history with HBCU players. We had um, Earl the Pearl went there. Willis Reed, Charles Oakley, and Anthony Mace in your face, Mason. <laughs> I, you know, look, I thought the, I thought it was fun. I mean, it, it's, you know, it is a game. I don't know what the difference between, you know, an exhibition and a game is. I mean, it's, it doesn't count the standings for anybody. It doesn't mean anything. It's a so, video game at best. But, but, you know, it's fun. Look, it was really fun to see things like when, and because of the way they're picking the teams now, you actually can have guys from the same team squaring off against each other. And to see uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, square yeah. off against each other that moment that that was pretty cool yeah. uh to watch and and then to see you know steph and and uh and Dame just going you know d- distance for distance and and uh and they're even on the same team and they're just taking turns knocking them down i mean it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be it's a it's an award or a reward or recognition for the players who are there so they're supposed to have a good time with it. And, you know, it just, it, and even though, and I know, you know, I agreed with LeBron in the sense that they shouldn't necessarily played it this year. And in fact, you know, Toby, two of your players had to sit out because of COVID protocols. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It looked like the players had a lot of fun with it. And it, it's just a, I don't know, it's just a good showcase, I think. It was awesome. Let me tell you something, and I, I'm going to speak from the one cool guy in the room. <laughs> resonates with our younger listeners. I have, uh, you know, I have three. I, I, I coming I have, from the guy with two gingers behind. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> let me get the laugh track out. <laughs> wow, 1970s wow. laugh track. I've got three, three boys who are under 20, and they. Love the format way more than East versus West. East versus West doesn't really mean anything to anybody. It's not like you're playing anything for it. So, I mean, this is what kids know. Like you go for a pickup game. Somebody's decided who their cap, who's the captain and they pick players. And um, it's a great format. And, you know, we've been talking about, the age that we're in of the gr- watching some of the greatest play. All right. So we've just been finishing the football season. Were we witnessing the greatest quarterback of all time? Maybe. 
Yes. Are we are we witnessing the greatest NBA player of all time? Maybe. I mean, at the end of the day, will LeBron step ahead of Jordan? Maybe. Are we witnessing the greatest pure shooter of <laughs> all time? <laughs> I know. There's a Jordan fan from North Carolina. Are we witnessing the greatest pure shooter of all time? I think un- unquestionably, yes. So now you had on the court, you had one of the greatest players of all time, the greatest pure shooter of all time. And they were just incredible. Everybody on that court. Do you know that there were 31 threes made by team LeBron eight alone by Steph. And there were three shots made beyond 40 feet. I mean, that it was beyond fun to watch. They were playing great. Yes. There wasn't a lot of defense, by the way, the stuff that was surrounding it, the skills competition, the three point, the three point competition actually had drama. You had two, three, 33 year olds squaring off Mike Conley versus Steph and Steph had to make the right. final ball in yep. the corner to beat Mike Conley. And he drained it. That was awesome. And he intimidated the hell out of everyone other than Mike Conley with his first round. Yeah. I mean, he just went out there and, and scared them all. Did, did you hear when they asked them, you know, did you pull a Larry Bird moment and, and walk in? to the locker room and say, Hey, who's here shooting for second place? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Here's his answer. Classic. His answer was, sometimes you don't even have to say anything. You just look around the room and everybody knows. you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm kind of in between Pope and house on this. I, I thought the three point shooting was just spectacular and tremendous fun to watch. I loved it. Um, I wish they would defend the alley oop though. That just gets a little bit old when every every other time down the court is an uncontested alley oop. They that, didn't have to. They didn't have to defend it against Zion. Yeah, they didn't have to defend it against LeBron either. Well, LeBron, right. yeah, he he bricked he, one. LeBron bricked a layup and then missed three uh, three pointers and then took himself out of the game after 13 minutes. I think most people would say that was an attempted dunk miss. Yeah, yeah, that was attempted dunk miss, <laughs> but the alley oops like it, it kind of explains how Giannis can win the MVP and and have sort of a boring game. I mean, all he did was uncontested alley oops. He did oh, he he one bank shot. One bank yeah, that shot. He, he that was a great. That was he was fifteen for fifteen, and the question was was Giannis going to take any difficult shot that might miss so he's not perfect, and he jacks one up from deep and he banks it in to stay 16 for 16. I, I was pretty far fun. more entertained by, by Dame and, and uh, Steph Curry. And, and it wasn't just the shooting. Did you see the time when uh, Chris Paul, Dame and Steph Curry were playing together yep. and Dame threw this precision cross court pass to Steph for wide open uh, side, side three. I mean, you, those guys are just immensely skilled there. And then all three of them had alley-oop dunks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that that was actually kind of cool. I have but a question. That, Did anyone see Julius Randall in the game? Because if he got in, I missed it. No, but but uh, uh, whoever dunked over him, uh, Topin dunked over him. Remember? In the well, in the in the yeah. dunk contest. Oh, dunk contest. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. That was the low point of the whole. Evening. Yeah, the, the dunk contest was it was terrible. terrible. It was terrible. Uh, I have terrible. a fix for that, by the way, when we get to it. Well, I'll just say about the defense piece. I actually, I actually think they have a clever solution to this, which is, you know, in honor of Kobe, it is, they take the average score and whoever is going to get, you know, up to 24 points 
that leads you to that to that score. So at that point in time, it was 146 to whatever. So they needed 24 points to get to 170. And, you know, team Durant was way, way behind and they had to play defense. And there actually was some defense in the fourth quarter played by both teams. And the truth is, I got to tell you, it's not that different from a lot of NBA games. You can turn on a lot of NBA games. And listen, the only thing that matters is the last five minutes of most NBA games. Uh, This whole game was like watching James Harden play defense. Yeah, that there wasn't any defense. And they were taking shots from 10 feet behind the three-point line, back to back. Well, you wouldn't defend most of those shots. Is there there anything that they can do to make these games – meaningful i mean other than a i mean i know they're meaningful but you know like for example i was a big fan when and it was only like a four-year stretch they did it or whatever remember when baseball made oh no winner? don't go there yet oh oh don't go there. we're gonna I get there it. we're oh, gonna I get there it. i thought it was great oh you, no, don't well, get- see i think if you remember back to the beginning of this game when jason tatum looked like he was playing to be the mvp and the and the uh, KD team was actually up. It was it was competitive, and I think that it once Joel Embiid went down uh, with the trace tracing to the COVID, they should have repicked the teams and and made it more competitive because uh, I, I think if Embiid had played in that game, you would have seen a little bit more pride on the line. And and maybe some defense. I don't think well, Joel Embiid is letting anybody alley oop over him. Well, well he, I, tweeted, he tweeted saying, "Oh, I guess they decided to play Mickey Mouse." LOL. And, yeah, and he, I don't think he, that uh, that Durant should ever be captain again. I mean, he picked Kyrie Irving first. Well, I mean, what, can, what what was he thinking? You can't. I mean, and if and if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna be the captain and you're let me say it this way: you can't have one captain who's capable of playing as a superstar and the other one who's out hurt. That's just one less good player on the team. Yeah. Right. They were minus KD and Embiid. Right. I mean that yeah, severely handicapped. But you know, give it to LeBron. That's four straight team LeBron wins for the baby goat. So let's let's can we talk about the dunk contest though? Because I I mean I did think it was underwhelming. Horrendous. And I did think I did think the judges were awful in the first round because the best dunk of the night I thought was by Cassius Stanley in the first round. It was a great, great dunk. And they, and because he was the first out, like they had to reserve better scores and they gave him a 44 and no one ever Um, heard of him. That part. I don't, I actually, I'm I'm starting to get okay with the fact that most people don't know who Cassius Stanley or Anthony Simons or Obi Toppin are. And I think that's okay to start featuring people who like, this is their, like everybody knows who Zach Levine is and his coming out was in the dunk contest, but the, the dunks themselves were underwhelming. The, The scoring was terrible. And that, that was the only, you know, downer of the night. The most famous dunker to walk on the court last night was Obi's dad. Yep. yep. <laughs> Dunker's delight. That's Dunker's why, delight. That's and why the I, highlight. Think, I think Anthony Simmons was smart to do a tribute dunk to Tracy McGrady because, because of YouTube, everybody's seen every dunk there is to do. There's no, there right, are no right. dunks. And so, Go out and do a tribute dunk to Vince Carter if you can pull it off. Yeah, good luck on that. I, I will know, say, good luck, right? I but. will say this about that kid. I mean, he's six three, and was throwing down those. I mean, 
Unbelievable that hops. Jumped through the gym, right? Oh yeah, my god! Looked like he was levitating, just hanging there by the rim. Before I think you need to have some through. stars in the in the competition. That, that's why the three point competition was so enthralling because you had Steph Curry. Well, Kenny Smith was right. If he, if in the end, Anthony had kissed the rim, it would have broken the internet. That would have been would have really. Been unusual it would have been unique and it would have been dangerous and it would have been awesome c right. web said um, it would be a 50 it yeah. for sure but the, re- the the judges were horrendous they 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 all seemed like zombies and you're right they they totally ripped off cassius stanley on that first dunk i think they need to get away from um having a bunch of older guys sitting there being afraid to give a, a total score of 50 to anyone so yeah. maybe change it from a zero to 50 to a zero to something else scale. But I also think what would make it really cool would be to have the fans vote from electronically and take it away that. from the judges. Doable for sure. It's totally doable. Yeah. I mean, and you could have the, uh, the TNT personalities could vote too, because I think they're smarter than the judges. Uh, those judges seem like they were just not even awake. But you know, okay. like, like we're all past t- years, Dr. Yeah. J and those guys were all excited about it. These guys were just like zombies, zombies. But, you know, we're all talking and everybody's talking about, did he kiss the rim? What about all those three point yeah. shots? I think people will talk about the NBA all-star game. I do think they have it right. I mean, you guys think that any of the all-star games even come close to this one? So, uh. You mean you mean basketballs, or, or are you talking about comparing sports? You're talking about the four franchises, yeah, the four majors. So I have to say this: um, I was thinking back on on some of these, and and I think that when you talk about Major League Baseball, they might have the most fun All Star break activities. Um, you know, the the future Rising Stars game is fun because you know people who really follow baseball know their their farm teams and and follow those guys. And it's really fun to see the, the young players come up, but you know, I, and I know we're going to all go, kind of go through our, some of our favorite moments and I'm going to, I'm going to bring one of mine up now. When, when the all-star game was in Washington, DC, um, we had the home run derby and Bryce Harper, who, you know, house uh, and I have talked about this. I, I don't have any, um, disdain for him leaving Washington and, and going to Philly. I know a lot of people were really angry and I was at the, get the first game back and was stunned at how he was just booed out of the building. Um, I don't have that feeling for him, but that, that all-star game in DC was his last season in Washington. And he came back and I guess it was uh, Rizzo with the Cubs who was, who was leading and Harper needed to hit, I don't know how many in the last like 12 seconds And it was one of the most fun, intense, exciting sports moments I've ever seen in person, period. Now, it's the hometown guy. It's the home run derby. He's got to just crush balls. You know, like he had to hit like 10 bombs in a row to to catch up. And it was awesome. I mean, I will never forget the energy in that building. So I I think MLB's got probably one of the best all-star situations going. 
I mean, you, you guys can see now. I've changed my background. What, what that's is the play? That? Is that the Ray Fossey that's Pete, play? That's Pete that's Rose, it. Ray Fossey. It's Pete one of the Rose, greatest play. Yeah, Pete Rose crashing into Ray Fossey, the bottom of the twelfth, nineteen seventy All Star game, all on the line. It meant something. They weren't playing for home field advantage in the World Series. They were playing for pride. The Midsummer Classic, as it's been called for years, is to me not even close the best game. Yeah. Because it is way before interleague baseball, uh, which some of the younger people, you know, think probably has been around for a long time. The leagues did not play each other except for the World Series. So you actually got to see them mix it up uh, in a different, you know, American League was very different than National League. They had designated hitter in American League. National League, you know, was more pitching oriented. And it was just, you know. Something I always look forward to. My dad and I spent time uh, in the summers looking forward to All Star uh, Game. It was uh, uh, it was a national event. Uh, the ratings went through the roof for years. Um, I think it's been watered down. You know, with cable, uh, it's not the only game in town anymore. Uh, I do love the All Star uh, der- Home Run Derby. Uh, I in 1994, the first year of the ballpark in Arlington, which of course is now obsolete. Believe it or not. Uh, we had the home, the all-star, uh, home run derby. It was fun, exciting to watch. Um, so I, I just think, you know, it mattered. And then I'd love to hear Milk's comments on why he liked this time. It counts is which is what they called it after the 2002 debacle ended in a tie, uh, they had with no pitchers left. Um, they said, we're going to make it count. So for 13 years, they made it count. And I, I can tell you, uh, with personal experience, then in the 2011 World Series, the St. Louis Cardinals were a wild card team. The the um, uh, Rangers won the American League, had the best uh, the best you know winning percentage, and yet we were the visiting team in games one, two, six, and seven. And boy, did that make a difference when we couldn't close them out in game six. Still the biggest heartbreak of ever for, for me in sports. We'll talk about that some other time. Are but, you trying to tell us that the Rangers went to a World Series? What? Uh, <laughs> what? Two, what was that? Came, came within two strikes twice of winning the World Series. But I digress. That game seven was in St. Louis because of the uh, because of the All-Star game. Absolutely. American League lost. That <laughs> that had nothing to do with the year that the Rangers had, the year that the Cardinals had. They were wild card. They did not deserve to have a home game in game seven of the ultimate World Series game. Just didn't. And so that's the only ding I have on the on the baseball all-star. Other than that, uh, it is, to me, by far the best of the all-star games. Uh, I'm going to go with the Pro Bowls, the best. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> is that even a thing anymore? They I, are you serious? They canceled that. The, I, no, I'm not serious. That's the only one I wouldn't watch. It's uh, just because I, I don't even think I've ever, ever watched a down of it. And <laughs> does anyone watch the hockey? Well, like, just had, I would watch hockey. The hockey is okay. okay. Hockey's actually fun to watch, but it They're doesn't fun. compare to baseball. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I think I mean, baseball and the, and basketball are the top two. I actually, you guys are going to be shocked by this because I'm, you know, I'm not an NBA guy, but I really enjoyed the all-star game weekend growing up as a kid. I religiously watched the three-point contest and the slam dunk contest. In fact, Rooster, your comment about it should only be famous people. Your Boston Celtics D Brown was a nobody that year. He won the uh, slam dunk competition 
And that's actually one of my more memorable moments is when he's pumping up those shoes. When he pumped up the Reeboks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, Nobody knew although, who he was. I, I'll remind you that they're my second team. <laughs> you got your Knicks yeah, man. Oh, okay, uh, Rooster. For another, another Rooster Pope time. over there. Rooster wow. Pope. <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so on baseball, I don't know. Look, either we, either these are all star games and they're completely meaningless, and that's the the deal, and it's great cause and charities and all this fun, st- and it's just fun. Or you make it worth something. I mean, you can't complain about the defense if it's not. I mean, why would they, if there's no incentive, I mean, that was the cool thing about baseball is that you could tell, especially oh, because in the midway point of the season, most teams are still in it. I mean, you know, maybe not the Rangers recently, but most teams are still in it halfway through the year. So all the guys on the team are going to be trying really hard. And you saw that for a while, but other than that, then just, you know, go out there and have fun and, and, it doesn't mean anything. I don't think anything um, really comes close to the NBA, but I will tell you uh, of the MLB all-star game. And I have been to one and it was a pretty fun weekend of all the different festivities. I forget what it was out in San Francisco. Uh, It was pretty cool. But um, in 2005, Bobby Abreu, uh, a Phillies outfielder set a home run at the time, a home run derby record. It was later beat beaten, I think by Jock Peterson or something like that. Josh Hamilton or Josh Hamilton. Maybe that was, that's who it was. Yeah. He had 24 home runs. Like in the first round, he had doubled the home runs of, of Pudge Rodriguez and David Ortiz. He was unstoppable. He won the competition with 41 home runs and he was batting like 307, had 18 home right. runs at the two, uh, 2005. He hit six home runs for the rest of the season. It totally messed up his yeah. swing yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. And that happens to some of these guys. Yeah, I happened to judge one year. Yeah. And so I think the, the, the MLB All-Star game can actually affect, certainly for those who participate in the home run uh, derby. Like I, I don't think that you want to have that happen. I don't think you want to have it affect your players in the second half that, of the that season. That play behind Pope destroyed Ray Fossey's career. He was yeah. Never, yeah. The same. never the same. Never the same. Yeah. You know, and that's why another... I think they should be exhibitions because I don't think they should change yeah. Yeah. change the outcomes. I, of I love I love the baseball all-star game. Always have. In fact, when I was a kid, if they had an old-timers day game right after the all-star game, I would have stayed and watched that too. Uh when but you were a kid, when you were a kid, did they have old timers already? Yeah, did you play did. in there, it? Yeah, it could have got been water out of you got water out of the well too. Got a lot of Yankees. <laughs> the Yankees had just great old timers day games. You know, like you get to see Mickey Mantle getting trotted out there and Phil Rizzuto and those guys. They showed um, nineteen forty two uh, World War Two films too. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Pope, you're not that much younger than I am. Just. <laughs> <like that. laughs> um, but the, the NBA All-Star game, when it was more competitive, was just really super exciting. I mean, how about the year, I think it was 88, when Jordan does the jump man dunk to beat Dominique, maybe the best yeah. dunker of all time besides Human highlight Vince film. Carter, right? Does He beats him, and then they team up the next day to uh, 
to beat the West by like 40 points in, in that great game. Jordan won the MVP, but that year he was the defensive player of the year, the MVP, the scoring leader, the assist leader, and the steals leader in one year. Uh, and playing his ass off in the All-Star game like it was the finals. Give me a right. they, they definitely played That's hard. He's the goat back then. Um, there's no way he would have taken himself out of out of the All-Star game in 13 minutes into it under any circumstances. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hashtag what he said. Yeah, I'm not even going <laughs> to even dignify it. Um, but you know, the, so we have. We, I said one of my favorite all-star game moments. I have to say another one, and this just shows you, like baseball. Again, it's just so special the way things happen. Does anybody remember Cal Ripken? You know, Ripken saves baseball, has this oh, yeah. career. Everybody knows that the streak is the thing that you know. Other than the McGuire Sosa, you know, the, Ripken. Ripken's the guy who brings baseball back, and then he goes and plays in his last all-star game. And hits a home run, you know, he he probably didn't have any right to be there other than the fans voted him in. I mean, he, he wasn't at that point in his career, he probably didn't should have been there. And he hits a home run, and uh A-Rod at one point refuses to let Ripken play third and moves him over to shortstop and and uh as a tribute to him. I mean, there's just so many special things like that that happen at baseball, it seems like. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Cal Ripken was the dullest superstar in the history of sports. Wow. 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 That, Ooh, that's a hot think? sports opinion. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Not yeah, sure how to process that one. Wow. Seems out, of, seems out of left field. It Jeez. was. So, I mean, on the one hand, you want to harken back to the day when guys played hard in the all-star game and, and use that as your argument that Jordan's greater than LeBron but you don't like the fact that Ripken was all he was, was the Iron Man who played hard he every single day. Pedestrian. Pedestrian. He just you played like, every you like day. personality. You're just, you're just bitter. This is like every Yankees fan, right? You're just bitter <laughs> because the thought that Lou Gehrig doesn't have that record anymore. No Yankee fan can ever handle that. It's just, it's just to a T. No Yankee fan can handle it. For good reason. <laughs> he, good Lou reason. Gehrig's. He just didn't get hurt. Streak. It wasn't that he was great. He just didn't get hurt. Well, he was pretty good too along the way. Al <laughs> Ripken? Yeah, he was pretty he was awesome. Damn good. Yeah, he changed the shortstop All right. position. All right, yeah. so he's, he was better than most. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have any favorite All Star moments? Well, we haven't even talked about the NHL All Star game. Not one mention of it. What's there to talk about? Um, well, I- but I ranked it above the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I thought about the the Pro Bowl, and and my literally my only memory of the Pro Bowl is when Barry Switzer was coaching uh, the year after the <laughs> Cowboys won the won the uh, Super Bowl with him, and he got busted sitting on the sideline on TV eating a hot dog, and that was like the big thing everybody <laughs> made made fun of him at the Pro Bowl for being well, the head coach sitting on the side eating a hot dog. And I'm like, that shows you the indifference that everybody had to the Pro Bowl. Nobody cared. I would no, watch you don't even play in it, right? League All-Star game seven out of seven days before I watched the Pro Bowl. But the Pro Bowl is during the season, right? Or what you should no. No, no, to the no. end. It's, it's, and it yeah. doesn't, in, doesn't include the Super Bowl teams, obviously. Free That's what I'm saying. It, it does, it's during the season, right? And the two best teams don't, don't even have players in it. Right. Right. Which right. is like ridiculous. 
Well, I mean, historically, it was in between the AFC NFC Championship game and right. the, and the Super Bowl in right. Hawaii. On right. you know. Yeah. I, how, I, about I think Ma- how about Magic no Johnson coming back after announcing he had HIV and getting the MVP of the All-Star game? That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I think the um, if people ever needed a flavor, if they're not into the NHL and they want to see what kind of skill these athletes have, that's the time to watch the NHL All-Star game. That, that, that All-Star game has a cool uh, skills competition I'll never forget. I think um, they have a, they have a slap shot competition on the speed of the slap shot, and I think it was Al McInnes on the Calgary Flames who like hit a slap shot for like 105 miles per hour, like something insane like that. But also just you know the, their speed around the cones, and I, you know if you don't appreciate hockey and you want to see the skill level of these players, it's worth it to watch the NHL All-Star game. Because you talk about tricks and three-pointers in the NBA and all that other stuff. That's what you see in the NHL. But it doesn't, like Milk is saying, it doesn't doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't affect anything. World versus North America doesn't do it for most people. I think for most of these leagues, they've got a problem in giving people a reason to watch an All-Star game. And that's why the NBA has it so right. I mean, Toby, didn't you say your kids were just mesmerized by the whole all-star thing? They they couldn't wait. I mean, they could not wait. They were waiting all day for the NBA all-star game and watched it from beginning to end, from skills competition to the very wow. last shot from Dame and loved every second of it. And that is the generation day. I think they're that's pretty representative of how kids feel about the NBA these days. And that's the video game generation, right? That's right. So it was a good weekend. It was a good it was yeah. a good weekend for people who want to watch entertaining sports. So well let's talk about the second half of the season. What, yeah. what do you think? What do you where well I mean any changes in predictions from uh last week? You you gotta start with my nets. <laughs> oh my Gosh. god. They just added the final piece to that juggernaut in Brooklyn. Pope. Did they? Pope Pope. Oh yeah. Time out, Pope. Let me ask you a question. Have you watched one Detroit Pistons game this year? Uh, not Detroit Pistons, just Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Well, Blake Griffin is a sh- shadow of his former self. Well, he's had eight knee surgeries. He can't move. He's doesn't he's, matter. He's terrible. He hasn't dunked in the NBA since 2019. Doesn't matter. We had a guy named Ray John Rondo in Dallas who pretty much did the same thing for us. Thought he was washed up, got rid of him, and look what he did. Blake will be back. I do Mark think he's one. I do think he's one of these missing pieces that will help that team. I, I agree with you, Rooster. I, I don't think he adds very much, but if he gives you 14 minutes a game and plays in the paint and you know spells some time, I I don't know. I that's, I think it's a significant that's, piece. That's 14 minutes. That's 14 minutes from guys on the Nets who've been playing really well. Yeah. I mean, Blake Nash will be able to get something out of him. Just Blake Griffin, he moves about as well as you do, Pope, at a Def Leppard concert. I mean, this guy is just one. <laughs> Obviously pretty quick. One air guitar song away from blowing his knee out, right? I mean, he's, I don't know. I just, I, I think this, this could he's be. He's done. Yeah, this could, this could he's be. Done. It's, and it's sad because he's a great guy. And I loved watching him when he first came out. I mean, remember he jumped over a car. And dunk. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I mean, he, that was a great dunk. He can't was, even oh, dunk wow. anymore, let alone over a car or or a person. He can't. He can't move laterally. I mean, he's he is just 
a, a role player at best. All right, episode seven. I'm going to mark this down so we'll play it back later on. Well, cool. I have no idea if the uh, final game for the Sixers before the All-Star game is a preview of the NBA Finals, but it was one of the more entertaining games of the year between the Sixers and the Jazz. Yep. Two really, really good teams. Uh, Donovan Mitchell can flat out play, but Embiid put the team on his back, uh, absolutely owned Rudy Gobert. Forget about Rudy Gobert being defensive player of the year. Embiid's got something else to say about that. Agreed. And with uh, one and a half seconds left on the clock, a 7-2 guy, Joel Embiid steps behind the three-point line and drains it to send it into overtime where Toby and the Sixers just own own the Jazz in overtime to to win it going away, that would be a very very entertaining final if that ends up happening. That game totally affected my view of the second half of the season. Um, I th- I thought the Sixers were the favorite to win the East. I think they're now hands down the favorite to win the East. And I told whoa. and whoa and, whoa. It wow. makes me, and it, and it makes Hands me think down. that the jazz, the jazz are an aberration and they're going to fade. Wow. They, they're, the jazz will get into the playoffs and the, and the best team on the best player on every other team will be better than their best player. Every round of the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell's good. He's not as good as the best player on the other playoff teams. And you're right. Go bear. Not only can he not guard Embiid, but he can't play against teams like the Clippers who figure out how to play around him. And they actually bench him for a lot of the game against teams like the Clippers. Um, I think the Celtics could do that to him too. And, and Simmons just closed down Mitchell during that game. I think, I think the Toby, Toby is back, right? Tobias Harris is back. I don't think you need to add a player. You were saying you need to add a player. You don't need to add a player. You got Tobias, a healthy Tobias Harris and Seth Curry hitting threes at a pretty good clip. Who are you going to add to that picture? I don't know. Your lips to God's ears. Yeah. I I hope we make it. I hope we make it. I I tell you though that, you know, you you cannot discount the luck that it's going to take teams this year with COVID stuff, right? I mean, you just can't discount. It is such an unknown and, you know, what happens when some team, you know, the Nets lose Kyrie and Harden for a stretch, right? I mean, it's just such an unknown at this point. Yep. Don't count out the Bucks, but uh, I, there's, I just don't the, – there's something about KD's injury that has me suspicious. Same with um, Anthony Davis. I think yep. they both have a little bit more going on with their leg injuries than, than we're hearing about. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It will be fun. So I think that gets us up. Um, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, the punchable face of the week. Anybody have a nomination? I think we got a whole bunch this week. There's yeah. been a lot of bad people. Toby, you want to you want to lead it off? Well, I can start with uh, one of the worst people in one of the four major league sports. We didn't we don't talk a lot on the SMQBs about 
NHL and hockey, but we're going to talk about this week because we're going to talk about the dirtiest player in the NHL, Tom Wilson of the Ooh. Washington Capitals. Oh, come whoa. On. whoa, whoa, whoa. Dirtiest. Uh, he's, whoa. He, he discovered he's, from a Flyers fan? Listen, this has nothing. Let me tell you something. I'm going to talk about a hit that was against a team that the Flyers hate a lot more than the Caps, which is the Boston Bruins. But the hit was dirty. The reaction of the Caps coach and players was dirty and deserves uh, both an uppercut and a jab punch because uh, I guess it was March 5th, Tom Wilson um, was barreling down the ice when a defenseman of the Boston Bruins named Brandon Carlo was clearing a puck out from against the boards. And Carlo had his back to Wilson. It's unquestionable that there was no way that Carlo could have seen it. He was defenseless. And Tom Wilson, who has been suspended numerous times before for his dirty play, made a beeline for Carlo, left his skates, and just absolutely pummeled him to his head with his elbow and his stick. And let me just promo for all of our listeners out there that are now following us on our revamped Twitter feed, SMQBs, you will see the multimedia of this and can judge for yourself. Well, after the NHL uh, league office saw this, they banned Wilson for seven games, which is not insubstantial because the league is only playing 56 games this year. So it almost is equivalent to a 10 game suspension. Now, now he can appeal. Um, but after he was suspended, there was no contrition from the caps. There was no, you know, sometimes, unfortunately it's a fast game and things happen. I hope Carlo's okay. Well, that's not true. Hold on, hold on a second. You'll get, you'll get your chance. Mr. Caps fan. Chomping at the bit. Yeah. This is what capitals coach Peter Laviolette. And by the way, I like Laviolette former Flyers coach, which brought us to uh, far in the postseason. Capitals coach Peter Laviolette said, quote, if this is a suspendable play, then all hitting is probably going to have to be removed. This kind of hit happens so many times during the course of the game. Give me a break. All hitting is probably going to have to be removed. Watch the play for yourself. Defenseless player with his back to the play and a guy leaves his skates and punches him in the head with an elbow. And the guy was sent to the hospital. Wilson was suspended four times over 13 months between 2017 and 2018, including once for 20 games. He got off light this one compared to past games. Tom Wilson is dirty. The league did him right. Um, We have to make a decision Yes, sports are physical. NFL is physical. NHL is physical. It doesn't mean because a game is physical that it's licensed to go at people's head. We're, we got to decide whether safety is going to be a part of sports or not. And then in the NHL, reducing concussions, reducing defenseless hits is part of the game. And players know how those kinds of plays have gone down, but not for Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson took it to Brandon Carlo's head. So I'm going to take it to Tom Wilson's head. Punchable face of the week. Pop. Ooh. Oh, wow. I don't so know if I, we've I ever think... had a rebuttal on a punchable face of the week. Yeah, we have a I know. rebuttal here? 
Oh, uh, now. Are you wait, taking go ahead. Punch? Go ahead, Nice. You go. Wait a minute. I mean, first of all, every single guy who's been quoted on this from the Caps has all said they hope the guy's okay. Every one of them. Ovi said it. Lavalette said it. Uh, Wilson said it. Everybody said they hope the guy's okay. Is this a penalty? Yes. I went, I watched the, the NHL, uh, uh, whatever they call it, the player safety uh, video on the hit, on the play today. And they actually break it down and they say that, you know, was there a way for him to deliver a hit in that situation that was clean? Yes. They, they also said that, is it always a close call on boarding because of the speed of the game and because of the way players are moving and hitting is absolutely permissible in hockey? Yes. They said boarding is always a tough call. This penalty, I mean, is it a penalty? Yeah, it's a penalty. It's a penalty like in football. And we had the same argument, I think, uh, when we were talking about helmet-to-helmet contact in, in the NFL and in college. Targeting. You know, it's target. Right. It's the same thing. Is, it a, is there a penalty to be called here? Yeah, there's probably a penalty to be called. But, you know, they weren't even sure. I think in the game they gave them two minutes, right? They could give them five minutes. They could have ejected them if they wanted to. I think it was a two-minute boarding call. I think that's all he got. Isn't that right? So It was the, a two-minute roughing yep. call. So roughing. Yep. So at the time, even the officials who were on the ice didn't think this was anything that bad. You know what this is? This Let's punch is, them too. This is just people don't like Tom Wilson. People hate Wilson because he's the best fighter in hockey, because he, he'll square off with anybody and he will literally beat the tar out of them. And people hate the guy. They just hate him. They, they, it's, you know, listen, any player on any team would love to have Tom Wilson as a teammate. Lace up my skates. I want a shot at him. Oh, oh my God. God. I would have to get him to see that. He took you out with a jab. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, I think there should have been a penalty, but, but then to even go after the, the coaches and the players too, to say that they're dirty because of their reaction. I mean, it's, it's just not that clear. The hit on Lars Eller that Lars Heller took earlier in the season and, and was injured and was out for four games. That was a way dirtier hit. And there was, I don't think there's any suspension handed down in that case. I, I watched that play and I think it's embellishment to say that the guy had his back to Wilson. It, oh my He God. had his side. He was turned to the side with the put with the stick out and the puck available. I think Wilson's problem was he came in high with his elbows and hit him in the head but he didn't hit him in the back. He hit him in the side. His, his infraction was he hit him in the head with his arm, with his elbows. Just so we can stay within the bounds of, of being honest with our listeners. Look at the we, picture behind milk right now. That's exactly yeah. what the video shows. Yeah. With his stick coming across his head. But let me just ask <laughs> for, for the benefit of our listeners, how many people on the SMQBs have a partial or season ticket plan to the Washington Capitals. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let me see. Rooster and Nace both oh. have their hands up. Oh, sounds. Bad. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, I don't know. Pope, yeah. you've been pretty quiet on this. <clears throat> Look, I, I was pretty outspoken about the targeting in the NFL and college, and I'm I'm with Toby. I mean, I think it's a cheap shot to the head. You can't board somebody against a glass like that and hit them high. Whether you hit him in the back or the side, you just can't do it. And and he launched when he did it. And so, you know, I know that it, the pace of the game is fast and things happen. And, you know, you call it 
hockey, whatever you want to call it. But that was a cheap shot. And he got what he deserved, period, I have, full stop. Hey, I have no doubt in my mind that he, he had every intention of hitting the living crap out of him, which I totally get. And I'm not, he deserved to go in the box for two minutes. I think he might have even deserved a one game suspension, but I think the seven game is too much. And, and I've said this a hundred times, this is a sport that fighting is part of the sport that a referee will literally circle around two guys punching each other without wearing their helmets. And that's much more you know, unsafe. In my opinion, that some guy can just punch you right in the temple and kill you. So Milk, if somebody did that to Stamkos or Kucherov, what would be your response? I'd want them suspended for the You'd rest of who? the year. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I want them never to play hockey again. Exactly. Amcos, uh, he would he would go down with ha- half the speed that Wilson went in on. It was, it was it was a dirty play. It was a dirty play. He deserves a punch. That's my uh, nomination for the week. Well, are there any other? Hopefully, are there hopefully any? somebody will go. Hopefully, our, our listeners will vote on Twitter because I, I want to see. And and if you're going to vote, watch the play. Watch the. We'll play. attach it. We'll attach yeah. the play. I think there are other nominations though this week. Well, I I have to bring one up. I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, I mean this could be this could be a whole episode, and it's almost like this this person could probably qualify every week for punchable face of the week. Uh, and I'm probably going to get sued by him for even doing this because this is what he does. Maybe we but, should call it the Snyder of the week. Yeah, the, he the, is the, one of our our thirty listeners. The owner <laughs> of the Washington football team, Dan Snyder. There are so many reasons to want to punch this guy in the face. I mean, let's think about some of the stuff that he goes back on. I mean, first of all, you know, like at one point in two thousand one, after nine eleven, he was selling Pentagon flag hats and making a profit. And also wow. adding a four dollar security charge to tickets for that year. Wow! Very, like very Trumpian. That, that's that's after nine eleven. Didn't he also sell stale popcorn? Yep, uh, peanuts. Peanuts. He sold <laughs> airline he sold, peanuts. He sold peanuts that had been that had been bagged for Independence Air, which had gone out oh of business God. three years earlier. <laughs> that's my favorite okay. story of all time. <laughs> he the guy gave Albert Hainsworth a hundred million dollar contract. Yes, he did. Big Daddy. He uh, bought he bought the uh, local radio networks that cover the team and had complete control over all programming. He gave McNabb like eighty eight million dollars at some point. Deserve this just goes on and on and on. And then this is where it all comes to a head, though. This guy has run a misogynistic. Uh, hostile work environment for women for as long as he's on the team, as long. And, and look, we're not even talking about the complete destruction of a franchise. I mean, this was a franchise that had won three Super Bowls in like a 10 year stretch. And I think they've got two playoff wins in the 20 years that he's owned the team, but he runs an organization and he's the owner. He's that he's the head honcho. He creates an environment that is so hostile. I mean, this is vile, the stuff that you, you hear coming out of there. He had videos made of the, you know, the, the, um, the cheerleaders would do their swimsuit calendar every year. You know, these cheerleaders make like $50 a game. It's not something that's lucrative for them, 
the way that they they're able to profit off of off of all the time they put in is doing things like the calendar and, and appearances. He has them recorded, you know, in positions where they're topless and they don't know they're being recorded. And and then the the videos are allegedly, I guess I have to say allegedly to protect uh, to protect us, but you know, allegedly those videos were made for him. Um, there's just all sorts of, the, of accusations. The accusations are so bad that there is a uh, special investigation that he launched to try and get ahead of the story. And then the NFL was like, yeah, we don't really trust you so much in that. We're going to take it back over. And then they had to tell him to stop harassing people who they were interviewing as part of it because he was sending his thugs out to bang on the door of witnesses to find out what they were going to say if the NFL talked to him. Mm. This is just a horrible, horrible human being. And, you know, it's sad because he has done some things in complete desperation um, to try and save his franchise. Cause there's a, there's a possibility the league's going to force him to sell. And if they have any guts at all, they will force him to sell. But they did things, and, and and I want to be very careful about this because these are people who are deserving of the jobs that they have and who I think will be successful. But it's just very transparent when he gets rid of the name of the team and when he goes out and now all of a sudden Washington has the first black um, president, the first black general counsel, um, you know, they have uh, – um, a, a woman on staff. Um, and it's just, like I said, these folks deserve their jobs. They've got long records uh, of being successful. And so there's not one thing that I, I want to suggest that they didn't earn these positions. They should have these positions in the NFL long ago. Uh, but when Dan Snyder is the one making the argument uh, and doing this, it just reeks of desperation it just, it just, it, it's just disgusting. He's a vile, terrible human being, and the NFL should be ashamed of itself if they allow him around. So I don't know if the punchable face goes to Dan Snyder or the NFL, but it's it's got to include Snyder for sure. I think you're going to get five votes on that one. Yeah, uh, no, no complaints here. Can't vote for Dolan and not Snyder. Yeah. Ugh. It's just so sad. It was a storied franchise before it was. And now it's, it's, it's not just a laughing stock anymore. Now it's offensive. So it's offensive. Chris, do you think that these rumors of, of um, Bezos and Amazon getting the team, do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, I think the, the one that's more curious right now is, you know, there was over the weekend, there was a report by the uh, DC local sports guys, the sports junkies that they had seen, a, a draft of the report that was going to go urging the NFL to force him to sell the team. And of course the NFL immediately came back and said, there was no such report. They hadn't seen anything. They're denying it. Um, when it, it's going to be really interesting when that uh, investigation is wrapped up and what comes out of it. Speaking so. of Amazon, did you see that they're, uh, they're bidding on the rights to Thursday night football? In wow. 2023, so they have every single Thursday night game. Wow. Nice. No, they that. already have the rights for the next three years to like 12 total Thursday night games over that three-year spread. But uh, I, th- I think the, the, his, the future of broadcasting is, is changing before our eyes. We're 
we're going to see all these private streaming services doing NFL games. You got to push for Bezos to buy the team. You know how awesome that would be? That's our only hope. He would have like drones delivering you beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, amazing. That'd be awesome. Uh, Drones delivering white cloth. Pope, I think you had something uh, on the on the more positive side that you wanted to to bring up, right? Yeah. So you know, we've kind of uh, made our mark with the punchable face of the week, which obviously is somebody who deserves to get socked for bad behavior, pattern of bad behavior, things like that. So I thought the opposite of a punchable face of the week would be something where we talk about something that's really good in sport, because there's a lot of good stories in sports. And one of the reasons we love it so much, uh, and you know, to everybody's credit, we roundtabled this in pre-production trying to come up with a name with it. And, and I think bison, it was you who suggested that we call it a Ted Lasso. And for those of y'all who don't know about Ted Lasso, you need to stop what you're doing and go watch the series on Netflix. But Ted Lasso is played by Jason Sudeikis. It's a, uh, a series where he's a college football coach who's very excitable and is successful at his lower level uh, team and is recruited to come over and run uh, a horrible football um, EPL franchise. Uh, and as a result uh, of that, Everybody uh, assumes that it's going to be run into the ground by this idiot. But over the time, he becomes a great story. It's all about his cheery enthusiasm. And Jason Sudeikis, you know, is the perfect Ted Lasso. So to me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellows be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. <laughs> For the inaugural Ted Lasso, I thought this week we should honor Major League Baseball. For starting up the Lou Gehrig day in June of 2021. And it's personal to me because I had an aunt who died of ALS earlier this year at the end of last year, excuse me. And she went over for a year uh, and I watched her struggle with ALS and uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, otherwise known as ALS, the major league has decided uh, that they would have a day on June 2nd every year at whatever home ballpark uh, to raise awareness for ALS. And, you know, Luke Gehrig, the iron horse, with apologies to Wally Pip, uh, set the mark for uh, trying to deal with this disease. And his great speech, uh, everybody remembers, uh, kind of kicked off an awareness. But believe it or not, even with the ice bucket challenge, which I think we all personally contributed to that one, uh, awareness of ALS is still there. 60% of the country doesn't know anything about ALS. So I think, I really think guys that major league baseball has done something good here and started uh, a tradition that hopefully will raise awareness for just a hideous, hideous disease that affected so many families. And um, for that, they earn a deserved Ted Lasso award. The first here, ever, here. the here, first here. ever nice Ted Lasso. First ever. Here, here, I, I, it's a here, great, here. great selection, Pope, for the lasso. For many years, um, you know, every sports team has their charities. Um, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, for a long time now, their charity has been the ALS Foundation. And uh, it's also, unfortunately, struck my wife's family, um, three people. And I, I 
seen, uh, you know, one of the folks suffer from it and it takes away everything. It takes away their ability to speak, it takes away their ability to use their muscles, everything. It's devastating and they can't even express their suffering because it they're takes trapped. away their speech. They're trapped they're, in their own body. They're trapped. And so it's, I'm glad that MLB is doing it too. I'm glad you uh, raised this Pope. It's a great, great selection for the inaugural lasso. It's a yes. feel-good story for sure in sports. We got a couple minutes before we have to wrap it up. Any uh, any quick last-minute uh, sort of like a lightning round we want to go through here? Anybody have anything from over the weekend? Um, I thought it was interesting that a week after uh, Zlatan Imramovic told LeBron to shut up and dribble that LeBron uh, premiered his more than a vote program at the all-star game. I thought that was pretty courageous of him because, you know, you think back to other NBA players who tried to speak out about these issues, they got run out of the league. A guy, a guy like Craig Hodges. Remember when Craig Hodges tried to speak out against the what was going on after Rodney King, um, you know, they ran him out of the league and he was done. Uh, I give LeBron credit for being courageous enough to take this on. So hats off to you, LeBron. Real quick. I'm going to go with Bryson DeChambeau's bombs this weekend at Arnold Arnie Palmer's tournament. Pony up baby. Par five, six about, I think he hit it. What? 370 the first time and 377 the second time. Absolute bombs, but the highlight for me, because you know I love Rory McIlroy, one of my favorite golfers, <laughs> was seeing him go twice on number six into the water. Couldn't even it. muster to get it, get it over the lake. Just a wonderful moment. Uh, that was my highlight of the weekend. Hey, but he birdied his third ball. Come on, I need to shout out to <laughs> all of down. our, all of our international fans our footballers out there. Here's to the Manchester United Red Devils Boom. taking down taking down Man City, ending Boom. their streak. Well done. Man U Red Devils. Cheers, mates. Well done. Boom. Watch out for the Spurs. All right, guys. Good week. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on. I, I like the Bryson thing, especially after we uh, went out on a limb and said there was no one out there to make right. the PGA exciting anymore. Just, <laughs> thanks, Bryson. Thanks for making us relevant. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I got your, so, I got your no relevance right here. So he's actually talking about potentially on 18 at the Players TPC this week, on 18 driving over the water onto the ninth fairway and then just chipping up to the 18th green. I love it. Amazing. Absolutely. Why not? Shall watch to be to be. Yeah, done. something to keep an eye on. Talk about it next week. All right, guys. Have a good week, everyone. Good week, guys. Good week. Good week, guys.